0: Normally, I'm going crazy at this point, trying to get it up on Facebook and everything, yeah. but since we're taping in advance, I don't know what to do with myself. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. don't have to worry
1: about it today. That, it's so hot out. I was about to ask you, does the music sound like it's dragging? Like, even, even Mel's too hot. Even, to even sing.
0: Siri was doing that on me today. Yeah. yeah. I know, I'm, I'm gonna hate to ask you to do this. Can you bump me up a little bit? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. How's that? Uh, so, all right. Sounds better. All right. Why don't we get this show on the road, shall sure. we? Sure. Hi. How you guys doing? My name's Tom Duggan here at the Paying Attention Podcast. Hi, atop Two guys smoke shop at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. We've got a great guest with us today. We're going to get to her in a second. Uh, before we do, though, normally I do about 10 minutes of news. We're not going to do that today. I just have one thing that I really want to talk about. Uh, I, I'm, I'm so incensed at Fox News. Um, I normally don't watch Fox News, I usually watch CNN even though I'm a right winger Because you've got to know what the other side is saying You have to know what the propaganda from the Democrats, are, are w- what they're saying And I hate CNN because they lie, and then they lie about lying And then they lie about the lie that they lied about And every once in a while, I, I do watch Tucker But every once in a while I'll watch something else on Fox And the last couple of days I've been flipping over to Fox Because all CNN can talk about is January 6th of, of, of a year and a half ago And I just wanted something different. And I heard five different people on Fox News over the last couple of days say that Joe Biden called Latinos tacos. And I'm so tired of that lie. I'm so tired of both sides lying about this kind of stuff. And she never called Latinos... Listen. She's racist, but not because she called Latinos tacos, because she didn't call Latinos tacos. She made a comparison. She made a comparison of the uniqueness of the breakfast tacos in that area where she was. She didn't say Latinos are tacos. And as much as I want Latinos to never vote for a Democrat, I just can't sit here and let Fox News do what CNN does, because then we become them. And I I will be dipped in—excuse my French—I will be dipped in shit if I'm going to sit there and I'm going to cheer on— Fox News doing what CNN does, which is lying, and I just can't stand it. If you don't believe me, go on, Facebook, go on YouTube, look up Joe Biden's speech. What makes her a racist is not that she called Latinos tacos because she didn't. What makes her racist is that she uses the phrase X, which is the degendering of the Latino language and culture. And let me tell you, as somebody who grew up in Lawrence and spends more, more time in Lawrence than I do in North Andover, Latinos are furious about that. They're furious about white liberals telling them they need to degender their language because the Democrat Party has this obsession with gender. They have this obsession with gender fluidity and wiping out any kind of gender norms. And it, it, it's absolutely racist for white liberals to tell Latinos what they should be calling themselves. So that's, I just want to start off with that because it's been driving me crazy. And a lot of conservatives, when I posted this on Facebook, came on and said, yeah, and then they put her exact quote. As if somehow that means she called them tacos. And she didn't. <clears throat> it's no different than when CNN said that Donald Trump called all Mexicans rapists. He didn't call all Mexicans rapists. any more than Joe Biden called all Latinos tacos. And if both sides could just stop frigging lying about this kind of stuff, those of us who consume the news, those of us who really need information about what's going on in our government, would actually have like some real information that we could be making decisions on, not this emotional manipulation that, that, that both, now both sides are doing. I, I'm, I'm so disappointed in Fox, although I've been disappointed in them for a long time anyway. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Fox, although I do love Tucker. He's the only guy on that station I like to watch. In the studio with me, Leah Cole-Allen. I almost said it backwards. I almost said Leah Allen Cole because it's yeah. easier to say. Oh. Um, now, uh, <clears throat> she's running for lieutenant governor for the Commonwealth of Massachusetts She's running with her running mate. We're going to talk about this in a couple of seconds because it just drives me crazy that, that gubernatorial candidates are now choosing their running mates. It never used to be that way, at least not when I was younger. And I don't like it the way that it is, so we'll, we'll chat about that. But before we do, I want her to introduce herself, um, tell people who you are. I know you were a state rep at one point. Talk a little bit about you know, your background. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then we'll talk about like what a, what a lieutenant governor does.
1: Okay. All right. Well, thanks. It's so nice to be here. Appreciate you having me on. Yes, my name is Leah Allen. I am a wife. I'm a mother of two small kids. I'm a registered nurse. And they're adorable. And they I are adorable. I thought about the Hispanic
0: Week Festival yep. uh, uh, Father's Day Parade. Yes. Absolutely gorgeous.
1: They are the best. They're really troopers. They've been, I mean, they're only almost three and nine months old, but they really, we bring them to a lot of things and they're really well-behaved, mm-hmm. so I I. And I bet them. they
0: get you votes. I hope so. Everybody <laughs> loves babies and puppies. Yeah,
1: right. Right. So, yes. um I was also, as you mentioned, a state representative. I think when I ran back in 2013, you were one of the first people that interviewed me. I came Mm -hmm. to your office. And uh, I ran back then because I was working in a nursing home. I was was a nurse working at a nursing home, and I was doing 16-hour shifts. I was working overnights. I was trying to pay back my student loans, pay off my car, and... Then Governor Deval Patrick decided that he wanted to raise taxes by eight, I think it was $8 billion uh, in the Commonwealth when there was reports coming out all the time of all these different state agencies just losing money, not accounting for it. They were sending out checks to people that didn't exist. They didn't know what was going on. And I thought to myself, we cannot raise taxes until we figure out where all the money that we already have is going. And I I jumped into an open seat. It was a special election in Peabody. I won um, in a blue district as a Republican, and then I went on to win re-election before I left politics to go back to nursing. And when I left, I didn't really think I would ever get back into politics, but...
0: We were hoping that you would. I was heartbroken when I found out you were leaving.
1: I know, yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I know and and it was like for a while I was just living as a private citizen I got married I started my family I was working at a hospital and it was kind of like yeah it wasn't aggravating that we have high taxes in Massachusetts and that there was corruption at the state house but it was like you could l- kind of live your life but then the pandemic happened and suddenly the government was right into your life Mm. and they were making all these decisions whether or not your business was essential i mean if it's feeding your family it's essential to you absolutely right then they were closing small businesses they were letting the big box stores stay open they were having all these kind of arbitrary mandates like a curfew i mean come on i I was driving me nuts that nobody in a position of power was using any kind of critical thinking to be like maybe none of these measures are working one way aisles in the supermarket market. Right. I mean, just all... Remember that was going to
0: save your life if you went one-way aisles in this, Come for on. For
1: God's sakes, it was like, where did everybody's common sense go? Right. And then, of course, um, the vaccine mandates. And I, as a nurse, one of the main tenants of what we... One of the cornerstones of medical ethics is the right to bodily autonomy and the right to refuse medical treatment. And then the government comes in and puts these mandates in saying that if you don't take this covid shot then you lose your job Mm. and i was pregnant uh during the pandemic i worked on a covid floor i worked treating hospitalized covid patients and i didn't want to take the vaccine i was i was pregnant when the mandates went into effect uh when i came back from maternity leave i was still nursing i'm still nursing my son he's only nine months old and uh the safety data is just not there it's Mm. just not there for pregnant pregnancy and breastfeeding and um and due to, I mean, this is a federal mandate. It's tied to payment uh, reimbursement through Medicare, but all hospital workers had to be vaccinated. And when I chose not to take the vaccine for myself, I already had COVID, so I do have natural immunity. I uh, was let go from my job. Wow. Yeah, so... Um,
0: you know, that, that's so infuriating because a year and a half earlier, everyone in power and everyone in the country was looking at people like you as heroes, right? right. We were calling you heroes during the pandemic, when there was no vaccine, mm-hmm. when you guys were going into work, when we had no idea what the real threat was, right. you guys were taking the ultimate risk working with COVID patients, and you were heroes. Mm-hmm. But then when you didn't do what the government told you to do, you were, you were, you were I was going to use a swear word, but I know she's trying to get elected, so I'm <laughs> trying to hold it back. But you guys were zeros. You went from heroes to zeros yep. just because you wouldn't do what the government told you to do. Exactly. And that was really infuriating. What was really infuriating for me is, like you said, it seemed like our local mayors, our local city councilors. The people who are supposed to be like the backstop for us, they're supposed to be like the last line of defense for our rights, mm-hmm. they all threw their hands up and just did what they were told. Yeah. We had, uh, a, a, the mayor of Methuen was literally, the guy's like in his 70s, was literally chasing kids in ball fields who were playing catch one-on-one that they were like 90 feet apart. Yeah. And was running out and telling them, no, you can't play in this, in this ball field. Right. You had mayors like the mayor of Lawrence telling people they couldn't have backyard barbecues. <laughs> And it was like, well, when did we suspend the Constitution? When did that happen? Exactly. I missed that part. Yeah. yeah.
1: No, you're totally right. And that was part of the the <coughs> craziness that I that I saw happening. It was like, yeah, exactly. Like, everybody was so willing to suspend their rights because they were so fearful. And then, I mean, I will give them the first two weeks to slow the spread. That right. was supposed to be the two weeks. Nobody knew what was happening then. I could even go along with that. But then the data started changing. New things started coming out. We learned who was most at risk. We learned that it wasn't, you know, living on your groceries You don't have to bleach mm-hmm. your groceries when you got home and stuff like that. And it just seemed like the, the, it was more about control than mm-hmm. it was keeping anybody safe. Well,
0: look at out in California. There was a guy that was on a paddleboard in the ocean <laughs> by him. himself. Yep. And they, they, they sent the Coast Guard to, to go arrest the guy.
1: Exactly. And it
0: was like, you know, at some point, I guess what bothered me the most was how many people that weren't in power just agreed to comply. Yeah. And it, and it, and I hate to make Nazi comparisons, but I'm I'm really well read up on on World War II. And it seemed like as the Nazis were coming to power in Germany, before like they started, you know, putting ovens together and stuff, they were they were systematically taking rights away from people who were Jewish, little by little, if you were mm-hmm. Catholic, if you were Jewish, if you were gay, and people just complied. People turned in their neighbors. And, and, and when all of this started happening, I thought, you know, I always thought that this could never happen here, but look at this, like yeah. you have people, you know, diming out their neighbors. He's having a birthday party next door. Look at Karen Polito. <laughs> Unfortunately, I had to break that story because she was the one out there telling people they couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And then she went and she did it. Yep. But it, it was you know, so infuriating that so many Americans who should know better didn't listen to that little voice inside of them that said, you know what, there's something wrong about this. Yeah. Now, I came on here like the first week, while, like, as they were shut down, I did my, I continued doing my show, mm-hmm. and I kept saying it was bullshit, and you should have seen the hate mail that I got. I'm killing people, yeah. I'm advocating people's deaths. Yep. Because people were so scared by our government. Mm-hmm. Was, they were scared by the government. I mean, yeah. had the government just kind of stayed out of it and done what they were supposed to do... Mm-hmm. I think we we would have the exact same result only with less deaths.
1: Right, and and clearly none of those measures were really very effective because we had one of the worst COVID mm-hmm. death rates and hospitalizations in the, in the country. Right. I mean, thank God uh, DeSantis down in Florida had taken a different route because we have something to compare it to right. because all the other states seem to just be going along with the lockdowns and everything. And it was clear that it wasn't effective, and it's a little nerve-wracking right now because you hear – uh, a lot of Democrats running for office now are talking about maybe it's time to bring back right. the mask. The yeah, saber
0: rattling again.
1: Yep. So it, it's it's like at some point we need to learn to just live with COVID. It's here. It's it's becoming an endemic now. Mm-hmm. And we don't do this for anything else. We don't do this for the flu. We don't do this for any other communicable disease where the flu is actually more dangerous to children anyway. Um, and it's just like at some point we have to stand up and say, no, we're, we're done with this. You know?
0: So now you're running as the running mate yeah. of Jeff Deal. <laughs> are you okay with, in general, right? Because I know that you're you're in this position now, right? But are you okay with people running for governor, picking their own running mate? Because prior to like 19, I'm guessing like maybe 96, 97, prior to that, the convention picked. Mm who the governor was going to be and who the lieutenant governor was going to be. Mm-hmm. Or the voters on the ballot got to vote. It, well, people weren't running as a team. Yeah. And then Paul Cellucci came in, and he changed everything. And mm-hmm. he said, no, 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 it was uh, Bill Weld came in and said, I'm, I'm going to have Paul Cellucci as my running mate. And I was really offended by that. I'm like, yeah. you know, if I want to vote for you, but I don't want to vote for him, who are you to tell me he's got to be the guy? Yeah. And I like both of them. I just didn't like being told what to do. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, so should the voters a- have
0: more control? I just think the voters should have more
1: control. I think it's a great point. Um, so, for instance, like in the primary, we do have a primary. Mm-hmm. Um, and it could be that one of us gets knocked off and we have to run with the other guy. You know, it's oh, not... So,
0: so, so, even though he picked you as his running mate, if he wins, if Jeff wins the primary and the lieutenant governor candidate for Chris Doty yeah. wins the primary, yeah. you're out. yeah. Or vice versa. She's out, right? I didn't know that. All right. So I feel I feel a little bit better about that. A little bit better
1: about about that. Yeah. But I think also maybe as Republicans in Massachusetts, it's helpful to have kind of two campaigns supporting the same person because Mm -hmm. then you can almost double your campaigning area. So when you go and say I'm support like I'll say I'm supporting Jeff Deal for governor, Mm -hmm. the people that I'm talking to, while Jeff's on another part of the state, they're listening to our message and kind of saying, okay, I like what they both stand for. Mm. So it kind of, I think, in a way, covers more ground.
0: So most people, in fact, not only most people, most people even in politics don't know what a lieutenant governor does. Yeah. Um, Explain to people what the role of the lieutenant governor is other than laying in wait in case the governor has to leave.
1: Yeah. So uh, the constitutional role of the lieutenant governor is actually very small i would chair the governor's council which is actually a big super a big, important yes super important because the because governor's council choose the judges right and, they yeah. confirm
0: judges and more importantly the parole board
1: yes yeah so uh right now there are no republicans on the governor's council so um that's a hugely important one to have i think another point of view on there to question these candidates that are mm-hmm. being appointed to these positions and things like that. Uh, and that's mainly as as well as, I mean, different Lieutenant governors have taken on different roles as far as being kind of a liaison to the different municipalities and things like that. And I would obviously be interested in doing that as well, but definitely trying to bring some law and order type of appointees to like you said, the parole board and the judges.
0: And- I'm still furious about um, the fact that Dominic Sonelli, 10 years ago, was in on three life sentences by a Dukakis judge, and the parole board let him out, and two nights later, he murdered a woman police officer. Yeah. And I went back and I read everything that I could on that case, including the parole reports and everything. I... I, I Public, we did public information. I got all of it. Mm-hmm. I wrote a series of stories on it. I'm still ten years later, infuriated that you have parole board members who think that if a hardened killer, if an evil person who's done horrible things, gets his GED yeah. and joins Toastmasters and learns how to speak publicly, that he's ready to reenter society. These people should never have power. None of these people should ever have power anywhere. Yeah. I'm still, I'm. Anyways,
1: no, I'm was, still infuriated by all. It was of that.
0: terrible. It was. So, if you become the lieutenant governor, if Jeff Deal wins and you become the lieutenant governor, what would you like to take on? What is it that you'd like to do for the state? Uh, because you're gonna, you're kind of like the Camilla Harris on the state level. You can kind of do what you want, right? Or whatever the governor maybe tasks you with, maybe. Put together some kind of a task force for something, whatever, uh, you can do that. What, what would you like to be doing?
1: So one of my biggest issues is medical freedom. I think that I saw a sign one time uh, one of, at the Dorchester Day Parade. There was a group kind of protesting uh, Mayor Wu for all her vaccine mandates and stuff. And they, they had a sign that said medical freedom is the n- new civil rights movement. And I tend to kind of agree with that because um, – Like what happened after the pandemic with people needing to show their papers, like Kim Driscoll is running for lieutenant governor on the Democrat side. She Mm -hmm. was one of the only cities in Massachusetts to implement a vaccine passport. And it's a little bit terrifying to me that somebody with that kind of mentality would want to run for a statewide Mm -hmm. position. Because obviously that tells me everything I need to know about how she would govern. And it wouldn't be the will of the people. It would be imposing her will on the people. She's
0: an outright communist. And I can say that because I'm related to her. And (laughs) as a a human being, I think she's a wonderful person. Yes. However, her politics—she's not outright communist. Right. She thinks that single-family zoning is racist. Right. Like I mean, everything is ra- everything is racism, global warming, and transformative this and transformative LGBTQ yes. colon backslash semicolon.
1: <laughs> right. Exactly. Um,
0: what are you? What so, are you gonna? Are you gonna pander when you get in? You're gonna pander to these groups that? Because uh, Charlie Baker certainly has, and 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 I love Charlie. I'm probably the only guy left that still likes him. Um, but uh, he has, and Karen certainly has, and most of the Republicans. Uh, in the in this in the state house,
1: they're a little afraid. Of, they're all pandering, yeah, and
0: they're all afraid. Yep. and I, I, I want someone that's not going to pander. I mean, yeah. you don't have to be Donald Trump and shove it right. up, you know.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. And and um, you know, I think the the fear there is that the the woke mob on those issues they are brutal. Mm-hmm. They are so hostile. Uh, but I think for me. I put, truly, in my heart, believe that everybody deserves respect. Everybody deserves to be treated with kindness. And I think if you actually really believe that, you don't have to pander. Right. Because you're not looking to disrespect anybody. But you also don't think that they should run the whole show. Like they 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 deserve human rights like anybody else. But they're not more important or less important than anybody. So I'm not sure why there's such this focus on making everything kind of... Revolve around their issues mm-hmm. I mean if you want to be treated Like everybody else Then you know Just live your life right. You know That's kind of how Well it went
0: I from tolerance You had to tolerate The people who are different from you To you have to Accept what they do and, then, it and became, then you have to agree now with you have it. to celebrate what yeah, if you celebrate, you don't it, celebrate exactly. what they're yeah. doing. And it's like, listen, I've never heard of anybody wanting a bondage parade. Yeah. Why do we have LBGTQ parades? Why I mean I've never heard of anybody wanting a foot fetish parade if that's what they're into. Mm-hmm. So why do we have to have all of this celebration of, of all of these things when really what we should be doing is assimilating yeah. and treating everybody the same regardless of what they're doing? That's exactly exactly.
1: That's exactly how I feel about mm. it. If they want to have parades, go for it. But don't, you know. It's just behave yeah, it's, yourself. Yeah, exactly, right. and it's the same thing. If you don't celebrate what they're doing, they actively seek you out and try to destroy you right. until you kind of like bend to bend your knee to what they're doing. Just right, do whatever you want. You right. know, like it, the, I want to protect the rights of everybody. Right. You know,
0: and and, that's, I, and I'm okay with whatever someone wants to do, whatever their sexual preference is, whatever they like. Really, honestly, couldn't care less. What I do object to is shoving it down people's throats, yeah. and especially shoving it down kids' Kids throats in our public schools.
1: Yep, and that was my second point that I wanted to get to, was my kids are too young for school right now, but that's a huge issue, and that's what, I'm actually meeting with a a parents group after this um, who is concerned about that. Parents are really concerned that a lot of sexualization, a lot of gender issues, a lot of just these really age-inappropriate things are being pushed on their kids in Mm -hmm. school, and that's going to be a huge thing that we're going to take on, because it's happening everywhere. I I remember I was talking to my husband about it, probably six Ago. She had to
0: bring the husband up, and he's like, <laughs> she had to bring the yeah. husband up,
1: <laughs> and go- God bless him. But he's like, I think it's isolated; it's not happening everywhere. I'm like, nope, yeah, it it's is. Ha- it is happening it is. everywhere, yeah. and it's definitely a big issue. That if it's have.
0: happening in Lawrence, yeah, it's happening everywhere because Lawrence the Latino population ninety percent of Lawrence, the it's ninety seven percent or somewhere in that neighborhood of. Latino kids going to Lawrence public schools, mm-hmm. and Latinos are not for this
1: garbage. Right. No. And
0: it's in the Lawrence schools because yep. parents are calling me on a regular basis. Yes, yeah. exactly.
1: And that's and that's what they try to make you think. They try to kind of frame it in a way like, oh, it's not happening. What do you mean, critical race theory? What do you mean, gender? Mm-hmm. You know, fluidity, whatever they're doing. Right. And they they try to make it seem like it's not happening. And then right. it and it's kind of woven into the curriculum in a way where it, it is difficult to point to it's happening right here because it's not one lesson plan that right. it's covering. It's kind of woven into everything.
0: Plus, they, they lie so much. First, they say it's not happening. <laughs> then when you prove it is happening, they diminish it and say, yeah, but it's no big deal. Yeah. Then when they find out it is a big deal, they say, yeah, but that's an isolated incident. Like they always keep moving the goalpost. They always keep pushing the line, pushing the line, pushing mm-hmm. the line. Instead of just saying, this is why I like Republicans more than I like Democrats, Republicans generally just tell you what they really think. Democrats never really tell you what they think. They, they always tell you it's not something when it is. Yeah. They always tell you they're not trying to do something when they are. And I just, I just can't stand the dishonesty. I just can't. Um, I know that your running mate, Jeff, is pro-life. Are you pro-life?
1: I'm pro-life. Okay.
0: So you guys are the only pro-life candidates – that I know, period. I had one friend who's a state representative in Lawrence, I'm not going to mention his name, who's been pro-life forever, and because of the pressure that he's getting, they primaried him this year. Mm -hmm. And because of the the pressure that he's getting, he just sponsored an abortion bill. Mm -hmm. And I called him up and I yelled at him. I'm like, listen, I know you don't believe in this stuff. He said, Tom, if I'm not here to do good things, if, if if I get voted out because of this one issue, I'm not here to do good things. And I'm like, yeah, but you know what? Grow a set of balls. Like, seriously... Go out there and promote what you truly believe because your voters are with you. It yeah. doesn't matter what the Boston Globe says. Mm-hmm. The people of Lawrence, Latinos, they're not for this abortion stuff. They're mm-hmm. not for transgender bathrooms. They're not for gay marriage. They're not for all this other stuff. It, that, that's what they're called. And they're certainly not for Latinx. The yeah. first time, anytime I hear somebody use the phrase Latinx, I'm out. I'm just done. I know.
1: I know. Yeah. So No, yeah, definitely. And I think honestly, though, when it comes to the abortion issue... I don't agree with the law here. I think that it goes way too far. I, and I think even Charlie Baker had an issue with how far the law goes, where it's kind of vague. They they left it vague on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, the age of consent was lowered to like 16. I mean, yeah. when you're 16, no, you're, what you're what not making... Why don't you just make it five? Yeah, you're not you know what what making I mean, good point. decisions for yourself when you're 16. Right. You, need your, you still need your parents to right. weigh in on things with you. Um, and as a mother, I, you know... That how do you guys plan
0: much. on winning in a state where a vast majority of Massachusetts voters are for abortion. I mean, rapidly for they're not just kind of well, like okay with it. They're rapidly the, for abortion.
1: Yeah, that's the whole thing is so I don't have to explain this to you but just as part of my kind of spiel here. So Roe v. Wade getting overturned returned the power to the states. Um the state legislature right now voted for abortion. That was them representing the people of Massachusetts. I I don't Necessarily think that just changing the laws is going to change anything. This is like a societal problem. We need to change hearts and minds on this mm-hmm. issue. We need to make people believe that life is something to be celebrated again, and not like a hindrance to your career and an inconvenience and things like that. And I think that I don't. I'm not. I don't have all the answers. I don't know how exactly we're going to do that. But like, just outlawing abortion is not going to change anybody's mind you know, mandating the vaccine didn't make me want to get it. Right. So right. I think that as a society, we have to ask ourselves why, why it went from uh, safe, rare, and Legal, legal to on demand and without exception, right, or without apology or something like. I that I always
0: say uh, the, the Democrats are for abortion on demand up to third grade. Yeah, <laughs> because if you let them go to third grade, they would. They would any right. t-
1: as long as that child is dependent on you at all. Some people will right. say, "Well, you know, it's it's your life, mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever." Um, and so I, th- I think that we need to ask ourselves, like I said, as a society, when did when did it change from from safe, legal, and rare to on demand and without apology? I think that that is a, something as a culture that is wrong with us. Would you?
0: Guys, favor cutting state funding for abortion because I'm if they want to go have an abortion and they're not using my state tax dollars. Not that I'm okay with the abortion, right. but but if you're gonna do it, don't use my money.
1: I think a lot of people feel like that. A lot of people would say just don't use my tax dollars for it, and I think mm. people are entitled to feel that way.
0: So let's get back to my original question. So, given that Massachusetts is vastly pro abortion, mm-hmm. they're not just pro choice, they're really pro abortion. How do you guys plan on winning with now it's such a, like if this was a year ago before Roe v. Wade was overturned, it wouldn't really be much of an issue, Mm -hmm. but now it is.
1: Yeah, Um, you know, we're not running on um, outlawing abortion. I think we're focused on things that are like really matter to people right now. I know abortion matters a lot to some people, Mm -hmm. but right now we're really focused on our inflation, our taxes the the state is a wash in excess revenue and instead of making meaningful tax cuts that will really help people help our seniors help our working families they want to give a $250 one-time rebate to people that's not even that's less than people's weekly grocery bill you know what i mean but i'll take the 250 yeah <laughs> and then but i had some some senior citizens up in gloucester ask me how come people making less than $38,000 aren't included and i guess those those people weren't included and they and I don't I can't answer that. I don't know how they decided those cutoff numbers or whatever. Mm. But what we need is really I think some meaningful savings for people that will help put more money in their pocket so that they can of better afford gas that's at record high prices right now. Better afford their groceries. They want. I think people are really worried that they're going to bring back the masks for the kids in school. It's just, you know
0: they will if they can. If they, they will. can, they will yeah.
1: exactly. And I think people just want to move on. They want to have some sense of normalcy back in their lives. And yeah. you know the Democrats are just going ahead with all of this totally ideologically driven stuff and we're talking about things that are going to help people you know we want to have an education commissioner that's going to listen to parents and listen to their concerns about the curriculum and go back to these school committees and tell them you can't turn off a a parent's microphone who's asking you a question because you don't like it stuff like that so what I'm hoping is that enough people are concerned about the the issues that are really facing them that's really making life difficult and they want to see it better, get better for them more than this one issue. Although I know the Democrats are going to pound that issue to try to get their voters out to the polls. But I think that's that's all they have right now because the rest of the Democrat agenda is a disaster. Yeah,
0: You were a state representative when I filed uh, my bill to change the state's public records law when I rewrote the the bill. And you sat on the committee that heard, I think two different committees that heard uh, the bill and you were always very supportive of making um, The state's public records law, at the time, the state's public records law says you have to turn over records within 10 days, but there was no or else. Yeah. And there's a lot of laws in Massachusetts I'm now finding, since we've done that, since we've changed that law, I'm now finding there's a lot of laws in Massachusetts where it says you have to do this, but there's no or else. There's no penalty to it. Mm -hmm. What I'd like to see is I'd like to see the next governor, whoever it is. Go through some of the laws that we have. Rather than trying to make new laws. Everybody wants to make new laws and, and then they can put it on their resume. Mm-hmm. I want to see them go through laws and either get rid of laws that are that are old and outdated or start to change some of the laws and add teeth to those laws where there's no enforcement provision. Like when I had a judge look at me after our third time in court say, Mr. Duggan, I'd love to make the mayor give you the documents, but there's nothing in the law that says I can hold him in contempt. There's nothing in the law that mm-hmm. says I can fine him. And I and I then I started looking at a whole bunch of other stuff and finding the same thing. I'd like to see that. Yeah. I'd like to see governor, lieutenant governor, start looking at those kind of things.
1: Yeah, I mean that sounds like something that needs to be addressed. We want to bring transparency and accountability to state mm-hmm. government, and I think that's a great point. That's somewhere to start.
0: I think you've got a, you could have a great role if Jeff wins as his point person for homelessness. Now. Uh, Homelessness and the opioid addiction uh, issues are the two most important issues facing every single family in Massachusetts. I would even maybe say the country. And yet there is literally nobody at the state or federal level that's doing anything to tackle this in any meaningless way. And maybe, maybe if Jeff wins, he can task you to be like his homeless czar or something. But I I I, I want to see people at the top start to look at the opioid crisis and start look at the homelessness crisis and do something meaningful. Do you guys have a plan? I, I think that's a no. <laughs> we have a no. On the, I mean that's okay, you don't have to have a yeah, plan. Yeah, I mean we don't have now. all the answers yet, but right. definitely
1: um tackling that is is a huge issue. It's it's on the radar and it's something that we, you know, are for sure interested in doing. I just we don't have a a, plan.
0: Uh, a set plan. Yeah. Uh, what's the what's the state um What's the state um, overage? I'm trying to think of the word.
1: Oh, uh, like the excess revenue? Yes.
0: What's the excess revenue?
1: I've heard a couple different... Uh, last I heard it was like a solid like $2 billion. So That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. You, you can, can help a, a lot, lot of homeless can, veterans with that money. You absolutely money. Could. You could.
0: You give treatment to a lot of heroin addicts with that money. Yeah.
1: So, right? Right. The revenue is there. It's just...
0: Or you could just give it back to people, mm-hmm. you know like businesses, you know people that are people that are struggling,
1: yeah. I know? mean, Tom, when I was in, this is one of the things that drove me absolutely nuts when I was a state representative. When we were debating different bills, cutting taxes or whatever. All of the Democrats that got up and said how much money the state would lose out on, it infuriated me that they feel so entitled to that money. Well, they think it's their money. They think it's their money. Right. They, and, I, and I think I got up at one point and said, we have to remember that this is the taxpayer's money. This is the, the money that belongs to the business owners, to the working people of Massachusetts. We can't talk about it like it's our money. It's right. not. Right. And and so Because the state so can point. always do
0: things like cut spending, right? Go, like you yeah. have the entire Department of Education – how much money do they spend in the entire Department of Education for the state? If you literally did away with the State Department of Education tomorrow, the only people who would notice would be the people who lose their jobs. <laughs> Nobody else would even notice. If you, t- if you took that money, gave it back to each city and town, and gave each city and town control of their school system, yes. it would, we, you'd have better educated kids, absolutely. you'd have teachers' unions that yep. would have to actually do their jobs, yep. and everybody would benefit, I think.
1: I think you're absolutely right. The, the more you decentralize money and power mm-hmm. and let it happen on more of the local level, I think everybody's better off.
0: How do you guys beat Chris Doty? He's got more money than God. Uh, he's campaigning very hard. He's been up in the Merrimack Valley an awful lot. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you beat him for – I mean you're going to you're gonna have to get past Martha Coakley after, at, in the, November. Mm-hmm. I keep saying Martha Coakley and I know that's wrong. It's Maura Healy, but they're really the same person. <laughs> yeah. They're really the same person, right? Because she's going to – I think the Republicans actually have a shot at beating her. Because she's campaigning like Martha Coakley, She's really not doing a lot of work. She she, She thinks she's already been coronated.
1: Yeah. So I think after the pandemic, we're looking at a little bit of a different Massachusetts. And there are people that are angry with what happened. There are people that don't want to see it happen again. People that lost their small businesses. They lost their jobs over the minutes. They felt like they had to be coerced into taking a vaccine they didn't really want. They're worried about their kids in school, what their kids are learning. We're pounding the pavement all the time talking about this stuff people are are contacting us talking about come to this event we're getting people together it's a huge movement in massachusetts and a lot of these people are paying attention to politics for the very first time and i just think that kind of a toast uh approach to the issues right now is not what's going to get people out to the polls i think that um and what we're facing as a state right now, we need someone who's going to really push back on things. And, and not saying that we don't have to work with the Democrats. Of course we do. But there are issues that we really need to stand up against. And I just don't see that that message coming from the other campaign.
0: Do you think Charlie Baker did a good job? He's on his way out. He's kind of coasting now. Mm. But he's been in there for what? Eight, nine, ten years maybe? I eight, yeah, eight, eight, years. eight years. Do you think he did a good job?
1: All, all together? Yeah,
0: like overall.
1: Uh, I mean, I didn't notice really a huge change in Massachusetts one way or the other. And I mean, I, granted, there's only so much one person can do from mm-hmm. the corner office. But uh, I, I definitely think that as far as the pandemic goes, I would have liked to see our our rights been fought for a little harder, and um, I wonder what happened with the flip-flop when he said he wasn't going to play that game where mm-hmm. you'd have to get the shot or you'd lose your job, and then it seemed like right after that, along came the executive orders, so.
0: Yeah, oh, that, that was, I've always defended him mm. on just about everything. Yeah. Until he started that, and then when they blamed Francisco Urena mm. for the deaths in, in the Holyoke Gold Soldier's oh, home. Oh, yeah,
1: no, Francisco. I great. mean,
0: and we did a whole show on it. And I'm still pissed off about it because he still doesn't have his good name back. I'm hoping that you guys, if you guys get elected, that you're going to make Francisco whole, that you're going to make him whole, that you're going to you're going to do something for him, mm. and you're going to make it right. And I think mm-hmm. he deserves a public apology from the state. Mm-hmm. This guy's a hero marine, Purple Heart. He yeah. got blamed for the deaths of. I mean, you could you could uh, you can accuse a marine of a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But to take away their honor, yeah. the way they took away his honor, that's the worst thing you can do to somebody who's who's, who's a marine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'd like to see you guys do that. Is there anything we got about five minutes left? Is there anything uh, that you want to impart upon people uh, as to why they should vote for the Deal Allen ticket?
1: Yes. So of course. Jeff and I are fiscally conservative. We have the track record of standing up, fighting for the taxpayers at the state house, fighting for different reforms of of state government to save the taxpayers' money, things like that um and you know, I think on top of that um We need people in office who are critical thinkers, who are going to think about policies critically. Like, for instance, I think we have to be very careful about all of this uh, green policy kind of legislation that they're pushing through. Um, There's not a lot of long-term thought going into this. Like, the Senate, I think, passed a bill to require every car in Massachusetts sold by 2030 be an electric vehicle. And they're not even thinking that... We don't have the grid to power right. all these vehicles. Right. I mean, it's just so short-sighted in their like frantic quest to get off of fossil fuels completely. And of course, we all want to protect the environment and all that stuff. But I think we need to think critically about what is actually going to help the environment, what's going to enrich lobbyists, and what's going to just impart more government control without any mm-hmm. um, any real benefit to the environment or the people of Massachusetts. I think and that
0: electric cars by the way don't help the environment at all.
1: They don't. The emissions that it takes to make them mm-hmm. and the batteries and what you get in in the uh, return on investment, it's actually they pollute more than right. just a regular car and the battery um, is not we don't know what we what to do with them when they're done. Right. You know, they're kind of toxic. Yeah, they'll be
0: in landfills like in all landfills, these all these yeah. solar panel not landfills that we're now starting the to The mining
1: that goes into it just right. I mean I could go on. Uh, the other thing is, like I mentioned, the medical freedom, the first thing that I want to get rid of is that half a million dollar vaccine passport program that the state rolled out. I think that we need to to keep an eye on that because vaccine passports, I don't believe, are to keep anybody safe. I think it's a way to, you know, control people. It's all control. To, yeah. And we need, we just really need somebody in the state who is going to bring up these issues because right now it seems like a lot of elected officials, they just go along with whatever... You know, comes out from um, the CDC or whatever, and they're not thinking critically about this. And we need people who are going to question the narrative to make sure that it's actually what it seems to be, and that people's rights and freedoms are always protected. Any last words? Um, thank you for having me on. This was great. Love having you. And.
0: She's so adorable. She's just as adorable as she was when I first met her.
1: <laughs> when I first
0: met her. And you know, you, you actually, but well, people at home may not know, you actually sat through one of my lectures. I forced her to sit through one of my lectures. She came to my office, and I'm like, before I talk to you, you have to watch this. Because I did a whole thing on how the media is going to treat you when you get yes, elected. Yeah. And I hope that even though I forced you to sit through it, I hope that when you became a state rep, some of that sunk in. Because boy, I watched the way they treated you afterwards, and I'm like, man, that's exactly what I told them yeah. what was going to happen. Oh, yeah. You yep. know? Yep. So uh, so anybody who sat through any of my lectures, even by force, is okay with me. <laughs> well, uh, thank
1: you. Could I plug my website? Absolutely, please okay. do. And um,
0: Jeff's and whoever else. Yeah, so
1: so my website is leacoleallen.com, and Jeff's website, jeffdeal.com. You can go on there. You can find out more about where we stand on the issues. There's a contact page. There's a donation page. Um, Does it
0: say Republican on your page? Because that's my big pet peeve. I go to people's candidate pages to see... Because if, if they're if – they're, especially at the national and state level, if they're, if they're a Democrat, mm-hmm. I may not want to vote for them. Yeah. And I go and I look and I see there was a guy the other day and I looked and I looked and I went to all the links and everything and it didn't tell me what party he was. And I had to try and like figure it out from his issues. Like if they use the word transformative, you know they're a Democrat, right? Yeah. If they use like any of those catchwords. But it's very tough. So I hope – that you guys have Republican on your website, and if you don't, yeah. I, I hope that you will I add look it. At that!
1: I'm not even because sure. there's
0: a lot of people out there like me who, before we want to know anything else about you, yeah. we want to know what party you are.
1: Right? You know? Yeah. No. Good point. I don't yeah. know. I'd have to. I have to look. I I didn't do my own website. No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, um, definitely. But I appreciate you having me on. I really do.
0: Leah right. Cole. Allen? Is it just Leah Allen now? So it's
1: it's Leah Cole Allen unofficially. It's not my legal name. Cole is totally gone because I got married and changed my name. We left it in there for a little bit of name recognition, Mm -hmm. but I believe on the ballot it's just Leah Leah Allen because that's my legal name.
0: Leah Allen, she's a candidate for lieutenant governor as a Republican. So if you're voting in the Republican primary... Which I am not. I'm voting in the Democrat primary because I'm an independent now, and I like to I like to cause trouble on the other side. I vote for all the most conservative <laughs> Democrats <laughs> that I can, um, and I always like to vote for Diana DeSaulnier because she's our local girl. Mm-hmm. Um, but Leah Allen is a uh, she's running for lieutenant governor uh, in Massachusetts as a Republican. You can vote for her if you're pulling a Republican ballot. She's running hand in hand with Jeff Deal, who's running for governor. And we appreciate you being here. Hopefully, maybe you can come back if you win. We definitely want you definitely. to come back. Yes, and uh, it we says should th-
1: Republican.
0: When, what did I say?
1: No, I said it says Republic. I just oh, on the, the website. website. Oh, well, oh, good. Nice. Well, you get 10,
0: 10 <laughs> extra points and a style on your yeah. forehead for that. <laughs> thank you. Because most of them don't. Well, also, we,
1: if I may, just yeah, really sure. quickly, sorry, if you didn't catch Lee's website, just go down to the, uh, the the show notes of this episode, her website. There's a link right there. So oh, excellent. So you can jump straight
0: Excellent, over. excellent. We want to thank, you can roll up, Mel. We, we want to thank uh, McLennan Real Estate Century 21, one of our fine, fine sponsors. We had Matt in here a couple of weeks ago. He said, don't worry about a real estate bubble. Things are leveling off, but he doesn't see a crash coming. Uh, I want to thank AFC Urgent Care in Methuen and in North Andover. Marsan and Son Construction. EIS, Investigation and Gun Trading. Borelli's Deli. Got my hot sausages. We were at all kinds of uh, cookouts over the last week. And I always show up with hot sausages because you can't rely on other people to have hot sausages at yeah. their barbecues. I want to thank Tomo and Shaken and Seafood. Clear Path for Veterans New England. Uh, they've been waiting for Jeff to get to, get to them okay. and go visit them. Mm-hmm. They help homeless veterans. They're at Devons, and they're, I, I think they're a little upset that they, they feel like they've been ignored. So carry that them. back. Yep. Clear Path for Veterans New England. Uh, free shout to Sullivan Insurance and our buddies at Lazy River Products Drake. and Drake. If, if, if all this summer heat is getting you down, if you're all upset about Roe v. Wade taking away your rights... Go to Lazy River Products and drink it. Get some of their cannabis. Everything's going to be okay. Sounds like Melvin Taylor says we got to go home. He did, so go home already. Thank you, Chrissy. Great job today. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.